Hey folks, uh, Joe McGee here, McGee Leadership. Today we're in Windsor, Connecticut. Right in front of me is the Windsor Town Hall. To the left of me is the Chamber of Commerce. Behind me is the Loomis Fountain. And this has a great value to our guest, Beth Caruso. Beth, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having no me, Joe. Glad that, glad that you came down. And we're going to talk a little bit about your book, uh, One of Windsor which there's a certain date we're going to talk about, and you know the date very well, May 26, 1647. Absolutely, I know it well. we about that. Um, and this is Episode 8, Part 2, Meeting Local Authors. A lot of folks in Connecticut, they don't realize authors are right here in our back door. Yes, right? we're everywhere. <laughs> and there's one of them right now, Beth Caruso. So, Beth, I wanted to really uh, talk a little bit more about your book, One of Windsor. Of course. Tell the audience a little bit more about Alice Young. And, and, and where we are right now and how that ties into the book. Okay. Well, uh, one of Windsor was a book that originated with research that I did about Alice Young. And I was led to do this research because a neighbor of mine said, Hey, <laughs> do you know that the very first witch hanging in all of the American colonies happened here in Windsor? <laughs> And I was just floored. I thought, how could that be? How, and, and truly, how terrible is that? Yeah. That someone who lost their lives and ushered in a whole witch trial um, saga for over 50 years is not even known, is not even recognized. I thought it was terrible. So um, I became a little bit obsessed <laughs> about it, to tell you the truth. And um, started researching, researching. Didn't find too much for a while. But when did you start doing that, though? What day, um, what year did you start researching? It was quite a while ago, maybe ten years ago. And at that point, all I could do was background research mm -hmm. because there wasn't a lot available. It wasn't until 2013 that I figured out another way to go about doing the research that actually opened up a whole huge wonderful can of worms I guess <laughs> because it was a lot of um, lost information a lot of connections that hadn't been previously known and it just kept evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving and I thought well I I'm guilty too if I don't tell this story now <laughs> so that's how the writing got started after researching about a year and a half I started writing in, I think it was September of 2014. Yeah, so I wanted to ask uh, Beth a little bit more about, you know, you, you weren't always a writer, right? So you had a different career, and then you kind of started writing, started researching. Did it come naturally? And how did that, that transition go from being, you know, a career woman into an author? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I had, you know, thought about writing. It was in the back of my mind. My uh, first degree is in French literature. Writing has always come very easily to me. Okay. I remember in college, you know, waiting until the very last minute. Uh, I was a French major, you know, French lit and Spanish. Um, and so, and then I took classes in English as well. I remember the night before they were due, having to just, pump out paper after paper and I never really stressed about it too much because I knew I could do it right so and and having two master's degrees also I had to write quite a few papers <laughs> and that definitely helps <laughs> right so 
When I did start writing in September of 2014, it did come naturally. I actually had so much information in my head from research. I thought, you know, my brain was going to explode. So it was a great release to get it all out onto paper. It only took me about six months to write. It took uh, six more months to edit. And... So it felt wonderful. It felt wonderful. You yeah. know, because you first time for anything, you always doubt yourself a little bit. Can I do this? Am I able to do this? And maybe if it were just for myself, I might not have even done it. But because I was writing to get the story out mm-hmm. about Alice Young, even though this is historical fiction. Right. I did want to bring awareness about her, and I was doing it for her. I was doing it for um, women's history that is so often not told. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my motivations were more than myself, and that really helped me to get through it. That's great. That's great. And as you're writing, you know, there's a lot of authors say, you know, sometimes chapter names and, and, you know, different book titles and things like that. What went in the process of calling it One of Windsor? How did you come up with that? And tell, tell us a little bit about the chapter names. How did you kind of go through that process? Well, um, the chapter name, the chapters really don't have names. Okay. They're just uh, places and years. Yep. And the reason why I did that is because there are scenes from England. There are scenes in New England, not just in Windsor, also in Massachusetts. And there's a timelines, but it goes back and forth before, you know, through different timelines. Right. And I didn't, uh, I just wanted to simplify it for the reader. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why I did the chapter titles as really location and year. But as far as one of Windsor, the title, thank you, um, it came about because Alice Young, the very first person hanged for witchcraft crimes in the colonies, didn't even have an identity until about the late 1800s. What happened was the original record was from John Winthrop, who was governor of the colony in Massachusetts Bay. He wrote a notation in his diary. He kept track of everything. But he just said, one blank of Windsor arraigned and executed for a witch in Hartford, (laughs) spring 1647. And nobody knew who she was for the longest period of time. Yeah, yeah. Until the Matthew Grant diary showed up. And the Matthew Grant Diary is basically the church record from from the early 1600s. They kept track of sermons. They also kept track of births, deaths. And it was lost. It was found in the rubble of a house that had just been torn down that was a descendant of Matthew Grant. (laughs) In the rubble... You know, a kid finds this. Luckily, it was the kid of Oliver Ellsworth, one of the Supreme Court justices. So the kid was smart enough to bring it to his father. Not throw it away or write on it, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So 
Uh, the father brought it to a minister, realizing it was important. Anyway, long story shorter, he it ended up in the hands of James Hammond Trumbull, who was the first state librarian and also a, a historian. And he op he opened up the diary and he noticed on the inside cover mm -hmm. a simple notation that said, Alice Young was hanged May the 26th. 47. Mm -hmm. And of course, we knew it was 1647 because that's when he was writing. Okay. So, the original uh, first primary document that was written, one blank of Windsor, was what influenced me to write the book because that's all Alice Young was known by. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, you tell a heck of a story. I, I kind of peruse you through some of it. I got to, you know, get cracking on the book. But as a writer, as you start, you know, forming the book, you know, yes. it's a very thick book. You've got a lot of, lot of facts in here. Um, tell the audience about, is there any unanswered questions? Anything that in your research you really ran into at that end? Did, did that happen to you when you were researching the book? I did find out a lot of information, but it was piecing many different mm -hmm. things together. Um, they weren't primary sources direct to her. They were primary sources from other people. So it was like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. <laughs> so unless we find more direct documentation, right. it's always going to be somewhat of a mystery. Sure. But I think we're a little bit closer to the truth. But again, I want to stress to your audience, this is historical fiction. Yep. It's based on a lot of the research that I did. But there are many gaps in that research. And as a historical fiction writer... What we do is we fill in the gaps, and then we, in, we may invent things as well just to make the story more interesting. Right. But a lot of times, stories that are based on real history, even though they're stories, can help people to know that events happen and then want to research them more. Right. So... That was my motivation keep for that. Keep going with it. Read the book and keep, keep your mind going. Really find more about right, it. Right, right. And I plan on providing people with um, more real information. Okay. I've written an academic paper that's under review right now. Um, and I've given an academic lecture to uh, historical societies. And um, there's a group called the Association for the Study of Connecticut History. Okay. Um, it's for historians, scholars, um, public history people, and um, I will be presenting the research, not the novel, just the, the actual research okay. um, on November the 4th in Manchester, Connecticut at the community college there. Excellent. So I wanted to approach it <laughs> Both ways. Sure, sure. That's I great. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Now, as a reader, I, let's say I just bought one of Windsor and I just yes. bought the book. What would be your main takeaway of, what would the reader get out of the book? What would you want the reader to take away after reading the book? Well, I want them to realize that there were Connecticut witch trials and there's an extensive history that really hasn't been talked about or acknowledged. Um, and I also want them to maybe be nicer to each other, a little more tolerant of each other, because uh, 
you know, what happens with scapegoating mm -hmm. if it doesn't let up and facts aren't looked at objectively right. is that, you know, we humans can go down a pretty dark road sometimes. Sure, sure. Let me ask you this. I've been following you quite extensively since we met in March okay. at the Enfield Library, and you wrote many articles, many research papers. You kind of really wanted to get the town of Windsor, Alice Young's name cleared, right? So tell us a little bit more recently how that's been going, how you've been working with town of Windsor, many historic sanctions, Chamber of Commerce. Right. How, how's that been going for you, really clearing up Alice Young's name? Um, well, it's been fantastic, actually. And, and not just, it wasn't just Alice Young mm -hmm. that um, we were addressing, and I'll explain who we is in a minute. Sure. It's also Lydia Gilbert. She was the second witch trial victim from Windsor who died in 1654. Okay. And that in itself is a crazy story. <laughs> Next book? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Probably not. I have a sequel to one of Windsor oh, that good. I'm working on right good. now. You're working on it now. I'm working on it now. But going back to your question, um, myself, another man named Tony Grigo, um, the mayor of Windsor, mm -hmm. ministers from First Church, the whole congregation of First Church, um, we basically all came together mm -hmm. and brought a resolution forth before the town council and um, it was a resolution that basically symbolically cleared the names of Alice Young and Lydia Gilbert recognizing that they did not have due process mm -hmm. recognize that the allegations against them were based on hysteria and fear Great. So that actually passed nine to zero with the town council. Just recently, a few months ago, right? Yes, February, February February the sixth, twenty seventeen. Excellent. And um, we're in front of town hall right now. They have placed a, a framed document inside? of that resolution inside, next <laughs> to the um, Alice Young and Lydia Gilbert room. That's got to be great satisfaction for you, the work you do and the work collectively that everyone's done in the project, right? Yes, yes, yeah. it's fantastic. And so we want to take it to more levels now. We want to take it to the state. We would like there to be a public history exhibition somewhere about the witch trials in Connecticut because there isn't one single one where school children can learn, where adults can go to learn, and it's it is a significant history. Salem wasn't isolated. There was a buildup. There was a prequel. And America needs to know about it. Absolutely. And most people in Connecticut don't even know about sure. it. So, yes, it's very, it's very satisfying to do that. Great, great. So, uh, let me ask you this. Is, yes. um, one of Windsor, this is your book. Where can people find more about you and the book? Where can they get their hands on this? If they go to my website, www.oneofwindsor.com, I have links to where you can buy the book. If you come to Windsor and check out the different sites here, which I encourage you to do, it's a lovely town. Um, at the Blue Dragonfly Bookstore, they carry it. They also carry it at Windsor Historical Society. 
Um, but of course, you can also buy it through Amazon or or any any um, bookseller can order it for you online. Great, that's fantastic, Beth. And uh, wanted to give you a copy of my new book, The White House is Fake, coming out October one. Signed copy for you. Yay! Enjoy that. You're one of the first to uh, to get the new book, so I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. No I'm really excited. Good. I saw Good. you post about this book, and I thought. <gasps> <laughs> That's very interesting. It is. It, not about Trump. A lot of people get worried. We go from 1957 to Dwight Eisenhower. We talk about 1992 right. to 2016. Fantastic. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. So, Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, Beth. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having you talking about one of Windsor here in Windsor, Connecticut, Sunday, September 24th. Uh, you can find this podcast at mcgeeleadership.com. We'll post it there. I want to talk to you about what's next. We're going to be doing part three with Linda Campanella. Her book is When All That's Left of Me is Love. We're going to do that in West Hartford on September 30th. My episode uh, nine is on coaching. We're going to be talking about coaching, uh, leadership coaches, sports coaches. That's our next uh, podcast, guys. We'll catch you next time. And uh, check us out at mcgeeleadership.com. And more about Beth Caruso, Beth Caruso, oneofwindsor.com. Thank you. Thanks again, Beth. Nice Take to care, guys. It's a pretty town. It's a scary one. And the sisters watch it all go down. Not really here, but always here. Their blood got soaked into the ground. Their blood got soaked into the ground. These are Yankee lands found by Puritans. Survivors think us hard men. Secret sharing, God fearing. They judged by the weight of their hands. They judged by the weight of their hands. One of Windsor's hung in Hartford, charged with keeping comfort with a dog. Second time looking for Alice Young was at History's a trick All the things we omit Bells toll but we can't get away from it Mother and child charged with the same crime Suffer now away Never change in this town The old state